welcome back to Unapologetic Sex with DG. I am DG, your host. I am a sexual health coach, and I am also a sex worker, and we're on episode six. Can you freaking believe it? I can't believe it. And this episode means so much to me because I get to interview the amazing pomegranate, otherwise known as Blair Benson, and they are a full-service sex worker. They've been in the industry for a while, and everything they tell us and everything they feel comfortable divulging about being a sex worker and being in the sex work industry in this day and age is so insightful and so powerful, and it is absolute gold. Everything she tells you is just so on point. You're going to learn so much about what is it like to be not only an online sex worker in this day and age, but what it's like to be a full-service sex worker in this day and age with the FOSTA and SESTA and relationships with cops and just what you should look for or feel if you're looking to get into the industry. I am a sexual health coach. I am also a sex worker and I am a sex work mentor. So if you're looking for mentoring, I'm available and I do a sliding scale for newbies. So if you're interested, please reach out to me. And if you have any questions or concerns after this episode, please, please do not feel nervous about reaching out. You can also please respond to the message and rate and review this podcast. It means more than you will ever know, and I read every single review. So I really hope you'll leave a review. And without further ado, let me introduce to you the amazing, wonderful Blair Benson. So, hey everyone, I am Dangerous Ginger, otherwise known as DG, and we're here today with Blair, otherwise known as Pama, um, and she will introduce herself. If you, um, let me just get right into this with our first three questions is, what's your name, um, your pronouns, and what is your favorite thing about sex? My name is Blair. I also go by pomegranate. <laughs> um, my pronouns are they, them. My favorite thing about sex. Um, well, I mean, it feels good. <laughs> but um, probably the time and intimacy that you get to spend with someone else exploring and, you know, feeling good and having fun. <laughs> well, I love that. I love that. Can you give us a little bit more? Because that's juicy right there. Can you give us a little bit more of what you mean by exploring? Because that's the word that just like popped out to me. Um, well, as a sex worker, um, I take a lot of pride in my job and what I do. <laughs> um, I'm a full service worker, so I do spend a lot of time one-on-one with clients, um, all types of clients of all types of um, abilities and disabilities. Um, I've met some pretty interesting people. I get to explore myself and they get to explore themselves. Um, it's kind of just like a nice, comfortable environment. I definitely pride myself on the type of environment that I provide. Very comfortable, very refreshing. Um, it makes me feel really good when I have a client and we spend a lot of time together and then they call me back a little bit later. 
That's beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Um, you hit so many points I want to touch on. Um, let's start with full service and yes. we'll go from there. And you mentioned working with all types of abilities. Yes. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more and how you make it inclusive? Um, I do not discriminate depending or for my clients and who would like to see me. Um, I know other providers have their own whatever. <laughs> um, but I'll see anyone. Um, I'll see people in wheelchair. I'll see people who have mobility um, aids and other issues involving that. Um, I don't really discriminate as long as you are here to enjoy time with me and spend some time with me, then I'm more than happy to service and provide for you. Um, I really enjoy providing a mutually beneficial environment. I think there's a lot of stigma and a lot of shame, shame especially around disability and sex. Um, I think a lot of people assume that people with disabilities don't have sex or feel sex and sexuality, but they definitely do. Oh, not true. It's so not true. Yes, keep going, keep going. But I'm just like, yes, you're right. You're right. Um, and I am very happy that I am able to provide a safe, comfortable environment for all types of people to explore. Um, I think one of the beauties of sex work is there's lots of people that you want to be having sex with. There's lots of people that you might not have access to um, on a daily basis, but you have access to them for, in a mutually beneficial way by purchasing a, and engaging in a service. And I think that's really beautiful. <laughs> that makes my heart so warm. <laughs> I love doing this. Um, can you, okay, where to start? Cause you just gave me all this juiciness, all this like delicious, just it's beautiful. Cause yeah, that's why I got into sex work is to provide that like comfort and everything. Um, yeah. Mine's been strictly online and I've always been curious about full service. I've got the green light from my primary partners, like my, my two closest partners to actually move forward with it. So yeah. I'm glad I can have this conversation with you today. And um, I want to like hit that disabilities thing, like what you're giving me is so great. Could you give a little more detail of like what it entails, like the consent process with someone with disabilities? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, um, I mean, extreme or anything. I mean, a very clear boundary setting, clear communication. I, I, I have a screening process. So once clients do pass screening, I'm more than happy to um, have very detailed discussions about what they need for sessions or what they're looking for. And I will be the first provider to look at someone and tell them like, I can't provide that to you, but here's someone that possibly can or an alternative option. Um, because at the end of the day, yeah, this is a job and it's a service, but you also want to be um, like upfront with what you can and cannot provide other people. Mm -hmm. um, I think especially with disability, there's hidden disabilities, there's visible, visible disabilities. Um, you don't ever really know or notice who you're always engaging with unless you have that conversation about what they specifically need. That is cool. That is golden. That is, oh, I love it. I love it so much. Thank you. Thank you. I've, um, this work has definitely given me like the opportunity to meet some really unique people. Um, prior to I work, you know, you think you're going to get into this and do um, certain things or engage with certain types of people, but that's, you meet all types of people, um, all ages, all demographics, all races, all sexes. I mean, you, you see clients sometimes, <laughs> or I'm so sorry, you see couples sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, it's a very unique experience. 
Um, wow, that's it's it's beautiful. I love that. And you mentioned stigma earlier, and I we're, we've hit on the disabilities, but I do want to hit on the stigma around sex work. Yeah, what do you want to say about that? Um, it's definitely really challenging because pre-pandemic, the othering was very strong. I mean, no one want even the online sex work, um, people were shitting on OnlyFans uh, workers and people who did many vids, et cetera. But as soon as the pandemic hit, it did something really interesting. It glamorized the work in a way um, that I hadn't seen before. And I, I've been around since like the FOSTA SESTA days and shit. So like, nobody really gave a fuck about that. Yeah. FOSTA SESTA. Do you, I, I know the basics of it. I've yeah. been finding everything. I've yeah. been trying to reach out to yeah. California. Yeah. So, but like, it's just I, like, yeah. So like a couple of years ago, they passed that, the legislation that affected section 230. Um, and civilians, even workers, like no one really like was paying attention to that. But now the years later, as repercussions have gone through, sex work has been really glamorized mm -hmm. to the general public without being destigmatized. And I think that's, it's, 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 you can still see the stigma shining through the glamorization in certain aspects and it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> feel that. I feel that. Do you mind defining FOSTA and SESTA for those who do not know what those are and those yes. and the SB 230? Yes. Um, Section 230 is this clause that essentially says that internet providers are not responsible for what is being posted to their platforms, which is controversial. People have um, feelings about that just in general as social media becomes such a big media presence i mean it's almost bigger than tv in some aspects at this point so in some cases people do want them to be held accountable but when um laws that like sesta fosta the reason why it's called sesta fosta is because it was fight online human trafficking act and the stop online human trafficking act it was presented by the house and the senate they came together to make one big really fuck up baby um and it poked holes in the prote protection of um the liability of the internet internet providers, I'm so sorry, internet providers and platforms do not want to be Mark Zuckerberg in front of the Senate, like answering questions about what's going on in their platforms. Mm -hmm. So because of FOSTA SESTA, they change their algorithms, they change their terms of service, which because it's conflating human trafficking with sex work, all of us are getting scraped off the internet. All sex workers are dealing with digital discrimination, deplatforming, um, stigma, simply for existing online which is so unique. <laughs> I, yeah, you are, well, I'm the choir. I don't think our listeners will be the choir, but I am definitely the choir because I'm on my eighth Instagram. Yep. I'm on my eighth <laughs> Instagram. I'm on my seventh Facebook. Yeah. Like it's not like it, we laugh, but like, yeah, why? It's, like, it's, why? It's, oh my God, it's so annoying. But um, you, once again, you are giving me just this beautiful information. And we got a couple more points we got to hit on there. Oh, yeah. Like the deplatforming, the discrimination. I would love to hear your perspective on sex work versus sex trafficking because you brought it up 
then I want to oh. hear, hear it because I know it, but I know our listeners don't, but please give the difference and explain why decriminalization will help in the fight against sex trafficking. Please. Absolutely. Um, so as you've seen, like with everything going on, um, our legislators, our own legislators and our own community members cannot tell the difference between sex trafficking and sex work. Um, consensual sex work is not sex trafficking. People who are doing sex work unconsensually are not doing sex work. They're being trafficked. Um, and there is this weird idea that when you decriminalize sex work, it emboldens abusers, it emboldens um, pimps and ill-intended brothel owners, but it doesn't do that at all. And in the places that have been implemented, such as New Zealand, uh, they haven't seen a rise in sex trafficking. They haven't seen a rise in sex work. But trafficking victims insist that because they're not being conflated with sex work, and sex work is illegal. So when, um, regardless of what you're participating in, the police don't know that you're a victim or being exploited, or they don't know that you're consensually selling a service. They have no idea. They will treat you as a victim um, regardless, and they'll still arrest you. They'll still take all your money. They'll still like exploit you. Um, that's not doing anything for anybody at the end of the day, especially when you have an answer such as decriminalization where people who are being exploited feel like they can go to the police and people who are consensually selling sex who are being harmed at work can rely on the police because the police aren't going to further exploit and harm them either. Um, and I think that's very important and very valuable. Nobody gives a fuck about any of that. So, because like right now in New York State, we have the legal or we have the full decriminalization bill and then we have like a nordic model bill going on oh it both yeah but there's both <laughs> i'm really hoping the full decriminalization goes through like my hope is the full decriminalization my fingers are crossed for you like i'm putting all that energy that it gets fully decriminalized and hopefully because california likes following examples yes. and same with oregon and washington Yes. they've been the first to decriminalize everything when it comes to drugs. Hopefully yes. they'll follow suit when it comes to the decriminalization of sex work. But I, I don't want the Nordic model. Um, can you Me explain, either. Can you explain the Nordic model since we're Absolutely. on Absolutely. <laughs> the Nordic model is um, the Swedish Nordic model. It started up in Sweden um, or Scandinavia. It is the end demand model. And it is this feminist model that think that insists that if you can end the demand for sex and provisions of sex, then you can end sex work. And that's just not at all because they criminalize the clients, they criminalize um, the pimps and the third parties, which sounds really great in theory. Like if you make the clients too scared to engage with us, you'll just end the demand. But at the end of the day, it forces us to not have a screening process because I'm seeing whoever and whatever will hit me up and enjoy their time with me. Um, and it really just disenfranchises. It leaves the most marginalized um, still marginalized because if you can't afford to work in a brothel and you can't afford to sell sex under whatever Nordic or whatever model they're presenting you, you're kind of fucked. But hey, sex workers decriminalized under it. So that's cool. <laughs> so like workers are like not arrested and harm like our clients are yeah which is completely fucked up because it's the supply and the demand and one can be a client yeah and the demand's going to be there always sex work is the oldest profession in the world 
like it's literally the oldest profession in the world. There are models going all the way back, all the way back that there were sex yeah. workers, like in- They're never gonna stop it. And like Mesopotamia, all of that, there's been sex work longer than we've existed. Yeah, like people, people want, yeah, people want to sleep with cool people that they see around them, you know? Yeah, and like, exactly. It's just so absolutely like it's just inc- I mean it's an, it's crazy to me because like I'm the one living the fucking experiences like working under these models but just the answers right there it's decriminalization just because we decriminalize sex work does not mean suddenly abusers and traffickers and people who are exploiting um, others in this industry aren't held accountable if anything it involves people to hold them accountable because they're not as scared of being conflated with other weird like bullshit especially how conspiracy theorists and anti-corn organizations and all this weird shit is like overtaking the conversation instead of us yes yes exactly exactly that's beautiful and i got i gotta just sit with this for a second because you you said some really important things i want to just like sit with it because it's it's so true with how things are not just conflated but they're confused with confused with yeah. To the point where they're making legislation around it. Yeah, and it's kind of disgusting because also, like, and I'm using disgusting very intentionally because I know politicians use sex workers. Let's talk about that. Okay, go Let's on. Let's just <laughs> take a fucking second. Yeah. When FOSTA, SESTA passed. All our favorites, AOC, Bernie, like, you know what I mean? Like, our big winners they voted for that shit because they knew that if they didn't they would be seen as not compassionate because it's a bill surrounding like if you go to anyone and say like should we hold sex traffickers accountable who the fuck is gonna say no Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna say no Mm -hmm. um but because of that one two two senators did not say yes and one of them was rand paul a conservative republican my guy and Mm -hmm. listen i ain't no rocket scientist bit of me was like how did you know to say no on that yeah who'd you see who'd you hang out with Rand Paul knew to say no to that bill for a reason and it's because he spent some time with someone I'm just saying yep yep yeah that's important who was the other one who said no I don't actually remember but I'm pretty sure it was also another Republican so two Republicans said no yeah, they, they said no to be to the compassionate human trafficking law, which they made the right decision saying no to SESTA FOSTA. Wholeheartedly, thank you guys for saying no to that. But yeah, yeah. It's it's a little sus. It's so sussy to me. It's so <laughs> like, sus. Like what? Um, but yeah, so I see shit like that and I'm like, you guys spend time with us. And I know in the full service community, um, we call it draining the swamp. Just like because you guys are making such bad legislation about us while literally having sex with us. Mm-hmm. We need to tell on you. And we don't want to. But, like, at the end of the day, what are you doing? They absolutely see us. They absolutely spend time with us. Mm-hmm. They need to do better. Do most of them make their um, providers sign an NDA, you think? I feel like if they were smart, they would. Yeah. <laughs> but, then the, but then the other part of me is like, would I even sign that shit? Like, would I like sit there and be like, yeah, like, I don't know. Well, I don't know who my client would be. I, I, know. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And I, I just thought of like the perfect example was Trump. 
because he saw Storm, Stormy Daniels all the time. She was a um she was actually like arrested, and I don't know if anyone remembers this, but during his presidency, she was arrested and picked up for like possibly soliciting or like it was some weird thing that happened. But yeah, like she was very loud and very like she was very um loud about the fact that they hung out and spent time together. Yeah, and like these same dudes that are spending time with us are so fucked in in terms of politicians yeah 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 Yeah. and i think what people don't understand with the legislation is how it affects not just sex workers but civilians can you touch on that point yeah absolutely um i definitely oh god it's so hard because I sound so crazy like when I talk about it, but this cage will always be big enough for both of us. And whatever they test on sex workers, they will always push on the civilians next. Um, we have MasterCard and Visa sitting there and dictating what you can spend your fucking money on mm-hmm. in terms of sex and sexuality. And like, if you want to masturbate or if you even want to go to a liquor store. Um, I think that's really interesting that our own uh, financial institutions are dictating where our hard-earned 80 80 hour a week dollars are going when we're grinding this hard um whatever censorship they're forcing on the sex workers it will soon come on to civilians i know i got examples they're just not popping up in my head right now but like something that civilians should definitely be aware and look out for is our our privacy is being fucked with your privacy is next mm-hmm. and that's the inevitable waterfall isn't it it's yeah, it's inevitable downfall. If it's not sex workers, it will be some other marginalized group next that they want to, uh, you know, vilify and have people go after. Um, I mean, for years, the way that sex work has been conflated with human trafficking is they're successfully harming us. Mm-hmm. I mean, when MasterCard and PayPal looks at our own our own platforms and tell them that they're not going to work with them anymore unless they comply in a certain way, furthering disenfranchising its users that built the platforms. I mean. It's all just amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Well, um, yeah, MasterCard, PayPal. I yeah. refuse PayPal to this day. I refuse PayPal. I I've was once given a warning, and as soon as I got that warning, I stopped getting all PayPal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm very picky with my Venmo, very picky with my Cash App. Like, I tell people they're not allowed to tell me, like, put what they're actually paying for it's emojis only emojis only or and um i did actually big brain uh when they were handing out the stimulus checks mm-hmm. for you know in the clause of that they said they want to start looking at what is flowing through our financial apps such as paypal venmo cash app google pay and i remember reading that and thinking i don't think civilians are paying attention to that part but a couple months later it came up that they were any 600 dollars venmo google pay etc transfer was being uh monitored the irs is interested in what's flowing through our financial apps which as sex workers um sure like you can give me cash but like i rely on my payment apps like Venmo and Cash App and those other to be paid and to you know like I mean I just it's so aggravating because right now like very thankfully like I have my my shit but like I've lost $400 out of a PayPal I booked a client took a client through PayPal and they reversed the charge and that's how I lost my PayPal um obviously 
that's sexual assault to have sex with a sex worker and then backtrack payment at the end of the day who involves me to do anything paypal will sided with him you know like it's fucking bullshit that's so fucked up i'm sorry you went through that that's really traumatic it is it was it was absolutely disgusting and then like you sit there and you're like okay well now my paypal's also fucking gone on top of that whole awesome situation and it just leaves you continuously disenfranchised it's just so fucked up yeah and it's i think that's like that goes straight back to the main point about decriminalization because it is it is assault if you take it is assault yeah because i would never have seen that client i never would have you know engaged with him if i had known that i wasn't going to be paid at the end of the day or if they were going to use the morality clauses in these apps to their advantage yeah what's paypal gonna do why the fuck do electronic payment apps have morality clauses like why the fuck is that something that they should even have i think it's just to pander i sometimes i think it's just to um because i think a lot of these apps and these establishments are doing their own devious weird thank you there's no way like i would own venmo and like you know how financial people are like I think probably to save face and pander and just make it seem like, yeah, we bad stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. you do bad stuff. You participate in the bad stuff. And it's human and it's totally okay. But yeah, it's absolutely bullshit for my uh, credit card to tell me that I can't go to a liquor store or see a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Holy shit. We, we got a lot to unpack right now. <laughs> it's all a lot. Um, my brain is just like running a million miles a minute trying to like figure out what what question to ask next because I have so many. I have yeah. so many right now just with how this conversation is going and like I I do want to address because I feel like it's not something we can just sit with is the fact that the rate of sexual assault with sex workers is so yeah. And you brought it up. You have been assaulted by a client because they took their payment back. And I feel like that's something people don't pay attention to is sex work isn't unsafe inherently because of the the providers. It's inherently unsafe because of the clients. Can you please talk on this? Yes. Um, And it's hard because at the end of the day, like, I love my clients. I adore my clients. I wouldn't be doing the, you know, I wouldn't be working without my clients. So um, like, I love my clients. I really do value, respect, cherish, and especially in the way you get to know them. I mean, you're only spending an hour, two hours, an overnight with them, but you do spend enough time to get to know them. Um, there are absolutely ill-intended people out there that know, as sad as it is, that because of the stigma and the shame and the shit that our politicians and legislators put around this work, we are, sadly, low-hanging fruit. We're easily accessible. Um like I said earlier, screening is a luxury. Who knows? My rent is due. Maybe I'm not screening on a Tuesday because um, I need the money and I need, you know, it is what it is. It's, I know a lot of people who listen to me say this shit will probably be low-key mortified probably, but like it's the lifestyle that a lot of us live. And regardless if we're living this lifestyle, we deserve to work safely. Um, I've had clients not pay me. I've also walked into sessions thinking I'm going to get my rate and they give me like $100 or they don't give me what we agreed on. And it's so aggravating because what emboldens me to do anything about that? 
what am I gonna do? Go over to the hotel lobby? You know what I'm saying? Manager and say something? Am I gonna call the police on this dude? You just have to walk away from the situation. And what a lot of people don't understand is sex workers already, some of us um, have a lot of trauma um, that already with day-to-day life. Like for me personally, I have dealt with sexual assault outside of my work. When you are assaulted at work, you almost have to like separate yourself from it because like, it's just so hard um, because you've already been through like the normal assault and now it's like well I was doing this selling a service and now you start to second guess like do I deserve it who's gonna believe me can I even talk about it and then you start to box it up in your head and be like that was an assault like that wasn't just so you can cope and put it away um because of how sexy and fun and glamorous this job is supposed to be like we don't get to always hop online and express that like we're aching Um, or that something bad happened because no clients don't want to see that shit even the other people who want to be us and dress up like us like they don't want to see that shit they don't want to hear us about being assaulted or harmed or that I wasn't paid at work like that's not sexy or fun Um, it's a side of this work that we don't often get to talk about and it's even more aggravating when laws embold the same people that go out of their way to hurt us um I look at Liz Krueger in her 6040, which is the Nordic model bill that she's, and I get it. She's trying really hard to center um, survivors and victims of trafficking. And I sympathize with that. But simultaneously, she's making me a victim in the process. She's taking away my screening and my ability to um, know who I'm seeing. And she's also complaining me with human trafficking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all really hard. That's like, I feel like the big takeaway from that was just, we're human. We're human people. Yeah, and it's not seen, and it's not respected. No. Especially with the criminalization, it's not respected. I'm like, I'm on the brink of tears with everything you just said. I'm so sorry. No, no, don't apologize. (laughs) This is the point of my podcast. This is the point of why we're here having this conversation is, like, when I got into sex work, I will completely own the fact I was so ignorant with what I was doing. I was doing it part-time. I've been doing it full-time online for the last two years, along with my sexual health business, along with starting this podcast and everything. I can see it with clients when I hop on cam that they don't see me as human. Yeah. they immediately, especially since I'm non-binary and you might, you must have this too, is people yeah. immediately ask about your genitals, immediately. Thankfully, and this is and like, it's annoying. It's fucking aggravating. At, at work, I'm not out. When I'm like, when I'm with my submissives, honestly, um, mm-hmm. that's different because like they're a little bit more um, attentive, I guess. Mm-hmm. But with clients, like, no, I'm very much like, he she her sweet you know what I'm saying like I'm it's hard because I want to be myself so much um a lot of the time with them but you can't be because you're right like once they find out that you you know you're um non-binary you're disabled you um you you're disabled you have developmental disabilities mental illness as soon as they fucking learn that shit it gets so just more and more and more out of touch um so, like, I, I'm, I'm really happy that you're able to express that with clients, even though they ask you so many questions. But, like, yeah, 
they're like, yeah, like I, I'm not out. I try not to be out as much as I can, um, just for like my own safety. Like I don't want to answer the fucking question. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that completely. I definitely take the luxury of right now doing strictly online. Yeah. Um, to my advantage, and it's like, it's one of the ways I've empowered myself to stay who I am, and just Absolutely. like, um, that's partly why I got into sex work three, no, it's five years ago now was when I got into sex work. And it was when I moved to South Carolina and I didn't want to go back to work as a nurse. Yeah. I hate yeah. like, and there's a reason why I gave up nursing. I, I consider myself retired from nursing and I did it for seven years, which is as long as it took me to get my degree. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but being in sex work, I find it a lot more gratifying. Absolutely. To like help people and getting paid appropriately for my time when people pay. Let's talk about that. Yes, go, go for it. Go for it. Take it. Um, Run with like, it. Like people are always like, how do you do this job? How do you do this job? And at the end of the day, my, my guy, like I'm paid appropriately. I make my own rates. I make my own I can height, I can heighten them, I can lower them, I can do whatever I want. We are all at the end of the day stuck in this capitalist hellhole and none of us are exempt from it, sadly. Mm -hmm. um, none of us are being paid enough money to live. None of us can even afford rent. And there's so much stigma and shame that, that comes with this job. But there's also, for me, a lot of reward. Before this job, I worked service, um, food industry, I worked all types of jobs. I could not get up. I could not get up. I would get burnt out so fast because I knew I was going to work somewhere that wasn't going to pay me adequately. I was going to be sexually objectified and harassed anyway without my consent. And I was fucking miserable. Mm -hmm. At least with sex work, it's given me a little bit of power and control. At least when I have a flare up, I can stay home and not have like a second flare up because I'm scared that I'm going to get fired over it. Like I'm okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you, you just brought me to another thing I, I would love to hear your thoughts on is, um, and I, I like switching the term from burnout to exploited. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. You're getting exploited. Yeah. I was getting exploited as a nurse. You get exploited in the service industry. We get exploited as sex workers. Yep. Like it's, it's just the capitalistic model. It's just, and you're, absolutely, you're right. It's, it's, it's exploitation. It's, it, everyone's being exploited. Everyone and their father is being exploited. Yes. But while you're being exploited, you should feel safe. Yeah, exactly. And you don't. And I, I want to, uh, like, I want to address the point that you brought up is you are being sexually harassed at your nine to five. If you're, Absolutely. if you're a female bodied person, if you yep. have those external secondary genitals, like secondary sex yes. characteristics, you're going to get exploited. You're going to be sexually harassed. So why not yep. have the control over who you're introducing and who you're not? And what Absolutely. I want to hear your, like your thoughts on is how do we have that little bit of control? How do we like get that as being a sex worker? At the end of the day, even if someone hands me my rate um, and we're having a great time at the end of the fucking day I can walk away I can say that I'm not feeling this anymore um, I'm I've given you my consent I'm taking it away I'm not into this anymore I am mainly in control of who I see how I see them and what environment 
again, um, I'm extremely privileged while being very marginalized and very aggravated by everything that I'm dealing with. Um, over the years, I've been able to really carve out a solid piece of um, like a little hustle for myself. Um, and it's been very comfortable and very, I mean, I couldn't hold a job longer than a year, like for civilian work. It's because I would get so just aggravated after so long. And I've been doing this for since I was 18 at this point, and I'm still chugging and trucking. And it's the mobility and the control and the accessibility that it gives me at the end of the day that like a civilian job would never, if I was still working civilian work, I would still be in the same position. After all of the like, like six, seven years, I would still be in this. I wouldn't have moved up. I would have gotten a 75 cent raise. <laughs> I would have, you know, I'm so good on that. I'm so good on it. And I will s sit in this for as long as, as long as I can. <laughs> I think that is perfect. I think that is absolutely beautiful. And can I just throw this out there? I can relate to that with my nursing jobs. I never held anything more than 18 months. Yeah. It's because you're like, what the fuck am I doing? And usually by the eight month mark, that was usually when I would transfer jobs is yeah. the eight month mark. I couldn't do anything more than that. I couldn't, yeah. and I can't to this day, I can't. That's why I have like my sex work and my multiple businesses is because it's yep. like, I, I can't work for somebody else. I can't, and I have mental illness. I have physical disabilities. It's like, I can't do this work that Absolutely. we're committed for. And it's like sex work does give you that agency that you don't get. And thank you. Thank you. I am loving this conversation with you. This is absolutely <laughs> beautiful. I'm getting so much from it. I hope our listeners are getting so much from this too. Like, I really appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so back to what you were saying is... Um, if you're comfortable sharing, what what do you have by means of like disabilities and things? Um, I'm autistic. <laughs> um, I also deal with CPTSD and a lot of childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. It's it's aggravating because um, I'm a very like strong-willed mental person. I'm very secure, but I deal with a lot of physical symptoms due to my mental illness, um, which make it really hard to like go into a regular nine to five and do what I'm expected to do on a daily basis. Um, so like, yeah, this work has really given me the accessibility that I need to do. And especially coming from, it's really hard because I never want to give people this idea that sex workers come from trauma. Sex workers are traumatized. Sex workers have been sexually assaulted. Our parents don't love us because that is so far from the truth. There are lots mm -hmm. of sex workers out there where our parents adore us. We have great families. Um, but there is no denying that, yeah, some of us do come from some pretty rough backgrounds, and that doesn't mean we don't deserve to work safely and openly, but um, I know going through college and doing a lot of the civilian work that I used to do, I mean, I would be calling out because of the shit that was going on in my family home. And then how do you even deal with the shit that's going on in your family home and then go function like a normal person in modern society? You, it's It's borderline impossible. You add mental illness and developmental disabilities on that, and I'm rattled. <laughs> yes, yeah. Oh my god, I really, I really, I feel this. Like I'm feeling this in my like heart and soul, and like I feel like this is the side people don't see, and this is a side no. we need to hear and experience and understand. It's like at the end of the day, we're still human. 
you know, some of us have kids, some of us have full, like long-term partners, some of us are polyamorous, some of us are unhoused, mm -hmm. um, some of us are dealing with domestic violence. And like you said, like, there's, like, there's lots of reasons why people get into this work. Um, it could just be you want, everyone's looking for an extra side hustle and you have a big following or you have people who want to see your tits. And like, that's super valid and super okay. Um, there's also people who get into this work because they're in domestic violence situations and they're scrambling to get out. Um, and it just kills me because at the end of the day, no matter why you're here, like you should feel safe and you should feel emboldened and know that at the end of the day, like, I mean, sex, uh, sex workers pay taxes. <laughs> mm-hmm should be able to use our taxpayer dollars to like not fear being raped robbed arrested and murdered by the police it's just like so crazy i feel like like we haven't touched this yet but police hate the police <laughs> hate that we, we have not addressed that yet and you this is the perfect segue as a sex worker how do the police and the policing of sex work affect your everyday? Or it's so hard every day. Go for it. Go. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's so hard because when I like when I go to work, I don't typically fear my clients because um, my screening process and everything that I do, I fear the police. I fear being arrested. I fear being busted. I fear um, it's it's unique because you know you fear your clients robbing you raping you assaulting you uh murdering you the police do all of that they'll take the money you just earned they'll arrest you while they're doing it they'll throw you in jail and if you're lucky um they will not sexually assault you and harass you. the police are a huge component in the harm that we face ah speaking of harm that we face um going back to the 60 40 the nordic model uh equality model we have here in new york state um when you have sex workers telling you that decriminalization is the answer and they're offering us all these models that put us closer to police, because at the end of the day, if you're arresting my clients or you're criminalizing my johns, I mean, I'm still standing there. Like, it's not like I'm like, I'm, it's just so um, weird and uncomfortable. Um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. No, it's okay. Oh, police, police, yeah, please. police. Um, but yeah, so the police perpetuate abuse in the same way that ill-intended clients do just um, systematically. I know that there are sex workers that will engage, because like, here's the thing, the police are police. Like when they get off the clock, like they're still, they're still people, they still have lives. Um, that doesn't mean they don't troll around the internet and they don't still see what's going on. They scare me too much to even engage with them. I don't even want to be on their radars. I don't even want to fuck with them. Um, night my partner was driving and I was like we shouldn't go down this way <laughs> liability he's like who thinks like that I'm like me I do I don't want at all um any engagement with them they scare the fuck out of me and I hate that I give them I give them that power mm -hmm. but at the end of the day like they will harm me mm -hmm. so yeah no cops and sex workers faces fuck cops get them out of our our models like no mm -hmm. fuck with them. yeah I, I feel that, I feel that, like, you, everything you just gave me, like, I'm sitting here, and it's like, I feel this tenseness in my body, because that's exactly how I feel, and a weird coincidence yeah. is, yesterday, my partner and I were driving, and we just right <laughs> past a cop, too, and I was like, I hate cops, 
I, yeah. and I started shaking and my partner's like, are you okay? I was like, I'm, I'm, no. I'm and I was like, I'm just deathly afraid of cops. And I've been pulled over so many times. And yeah. every time I'm just like on a high alert. Yeah, absolutely. I'm scared for them to ask me where I'm coming from, where I'm going. I mean, you know, I'm a sex worker. Sometimes I shove some lingerie in my fucking, uh, my, you know what I'm saying? I'm so scared of them seeing condoms and just using that as evidence. <laughs> so yeah, I just like the police just like mortify me. Um, and it's, it's hard because like I'm white. I'm a white person. Um, people wouldn't typically look at me and think like I have so much distrust and bad engagement with the police. I just, they, they'll ruin my life. They'll take my life. They'll do whatever the fuck they want and they're allowed to do it. Um, I don't fuck with it. And I know like it's a sensitive subject for a lot of people because you know the police um, presence in the country and like their image and everything that's going on. Um, they're glorified. Yeah. They're highly yeah. in the media and like I stopped watching Law and Order SVU because I just can't I can't be, watch or listen about cops because I'm like yes. SVU has done their best to be as woke as possible and they take place in New York yeah. but it's still police like don't get me wrong I love Olivia Benson yep. but it's still police and they still have this unnatural power dynamic with civilians and with sex workers absolutely oh what I was going to say is um, the most ironic thing for me with the police is if you because like I hate when people obviously conflate sex trafficking with sex work, but at the end of the day, when making laws and legislation, it's really important to be talking to both of us because of how we're conflated. Um, you know, we're like, we're like on two ends of a shoestring. Um, when you talk to a lot of victims and survivors of human trafficking, they talk about how the police perpetuate their abuse. They talk about how the police protected their family members. They talk about in which ways the police like enabled the same harm for them to, to be exploited and go through. Um, I get it like bad apples and shit but like there's just too much of that for me to at all feel confident or emboldened or empowered when fucking engaging with them they should they scare the fuck out of me yeah yeah I don't fuck with them. and that's understandable that's completely like obvious and understandable yeah. like having this conversation I'm hoping people are taking out of this that the police aren't for us no they no. never have been they like historically speaking the whole invention of the modern day police happened with Jim Crow. Yep. And it happened with abolition. Yeah. Like when something's rooted in slave catching, mm -hmm. maybe it's time to have a conversation with yourself that like, oh, that's real fucking outdated and that's real fucking oppressive. And that's that's not a this country got me so goofy sometimes, <laughs> like with the shit that goes yeah. on in there. Yeah. Like, I mean I have no, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I have conversations with my partner all the time. Like, we are high key set up for fascism. Mm -hmm. And that's mortifying. And, like, we know one who wants fascism. Like, we would like the, to go to the progressive side. But, like, we're just slow crawling to this really weird, uh, it's like a bad patriotic sense of self. Yeah. Um, and I live on the Arizona border currently. Yeah. And every time we go into Arizona to just like, we, we do it because it, that's where the nicer Walmart is. Yeah. And it, like, um, like everywhere I look, it's Trump 2024. And I'm yeah. like, 
it is the biggest cult in the world right now. It is. And it scares the shit out of me. But I also recognize that a majority of my clients online are Trump supporters. And how does that make you feel? Because I know you probably have the polarization that I do too. Um, I won't lie. I mean, I walk, I was driving up to this one dude's house once and it's just Trump flags and Trump buttons and Trump. And I'm just like sitting here like, if I wasn't here to literally fuck your ass, (laughs) like I would just, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's a dissonance. I don't know if it's a shame. I don't know if it's a, and it's not like I don't have like gentle, small, cheeky little conversations with them about um, like how their sexuality aligns with their political views and their moral views. Um, And they never have good answers for me, but it is very perplexing and it is very interesting. Um, Yeah, like, why are you like that? (laughs) Why are you like that though? Um, Yeah. I've, um, there's this one sex work article that I always think of and there's this gorgeous black dominatrix and every client she sees, they cannot see her unless they'll read three books. I love that. And they're all about colonization, the enslavement of African-Americans and black people, and more than just the black people and the destruction of of indigenous tribes. And I'm like, (laughs) like, that is a dom I inspire to be. Absolutely. Like, let's get these fucking little weirdos on some theory. Like, let's get these dudes that, yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Like, that's an outstanding. And I feel like if we empowered ourselves more, we could do that with our clients. I think that's one reason why I am out as non-binary is because I am literally using every time I go on cam to educate. Yeah. And people see me more as a dom now than ever in my life. Yeah. I've really enjoyed that progress. Yeah. It's like, I'm intent, like every time I go on, on, I'm like, I'm on here to make money, but I'm on here to be myself and I'm on here to educate. Absolutely. Period. I'm on here to Um, have conversations. I think it's really beautiful in the ways that we come in. I mean, like I'll have dudes that are doctors. I'll have dudes that work at car dealerships. I'll have dudes that are teachers or um, I had a dude who was like running a Mormon church once and I'm not going to lie. He was phenomenal. I, I adored him. Um, I didn't necessarily love, you know, some of the shit he was feeling, uh, but he was very, you can see receptiveness and openness and a want to um, like, they want to be themselves sometimes, but we live in a society and culture where stigma, shame uh, will always overrun whatever it is and whatever weird patriarchal values we put on men and women and all types of people um it's really unique I I I'm sure you do but like I live try to live every day authentically as authentic as society will allow me to live mm-hmm. um and it breaks my heart not seeing people live authentically just because of fear and shame and stigma I mean those have repercussions I'm not saying um you don't you don't <laughs> um I acknowledge that it's not always the easiest to just gung-ho be who you want to be takes time and courage and energy but yeah I know like through this work I hope to like help people be um, bits more of themselves yeah yeah I think that's like thank you you're you got me right to my next question (laughs) is letting people be themselves a lot of people like this is called unapologetic sex for a reason Mm -hmm. yeah 
unapologetic. I want people to not feel shame, like that stigma, everything. I want this to be a safe space for people to be authentically themselves. And Absolutely. Totally embodying that right now. And I love, oh, you, for it. I love you for it. And um, I was hoping you could either talk about it more or if you could just like explain what goes into a session with you to help people feel comfortable and feel like they can be themselves when they're with a full service sex worker. If you're comfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, all all providers are different, and and, and not all providers strive to pr um, produce this you know same type of environment that I do. Um, I'm very attentive. I ask a lot of questions. Um, sometimes I ask questions that I'm probably not supposed to ask my clients, but I always tell them that um, you don't have to share with me any like like what do you do for work? <laughs> like what do you do in your daily life? Like I do want to know how often um, they've been allowed to be intimate. I see all types of people, married, not married, um, people with kids, without kids, people, you know, um, it's hard because they want to be really discreet and they want to not share too much about themselves. And I don't want to be invasive or like upsetting. Um, but the more that I can always get to know my clients, plus like some LED lights and some lo-fi hip hop music and some like good smelling sheets really help. <laughs> but, um, you know, like talking to them while you give them massages. And there are times that I've been with clients where I can tell they want to cry. And I'm just like, and it's hard because you want to look at them and say cry, like just let it out, just like do whatever you gotta do. But then you're also dealing with a demographic of men um, who have been deeply poisoned by the patriarchy and they have to kill parts themselves while killing parts of other people. Um, so it's hard because you want to bring out the bits of themselves that I know that they're just shoving in, that they're not releasing, but you also have to make sure that they want to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just try to provide like the most comfortable environment that I can. <clears throat> I think like my honesty and kind of like my authenticity of myself really helps. Um, some sex workers put on lots of personas and like that's, I, I have a really hard time doing that because I am just a little too honest and silly. Um, but that works for some people is taking themselves and throwing it out the window and like putting on a persona for work. And some people find that more inviting. I tried that for a while. I tried yeah, that. the persona. Yeah, I yeah. did too. Um, when I first started, that's how, like, that's how I did it. Yeah. And the more I got into it, the more I saw the mask slipping. It's hard. And, and then I, I've just decided to go the complete opposite direction yeah. and just be as authentically myself now while, like, interacting with my clients, interacting with people and just yeah. as authentically myself, because that's when I get the best response. Absolutely. Um, I also think that it's also more inviting for people sometimes. And I'm absolutely not looking at sex workers who put on personas and being like, that's not sexy because I wish that I could not be myself sometimes in this line of work. And then other times I'm like, I'm so grateful that I'm me. Mm -hmm. um, so yes. Mm -hmm. It's that double-edged yeah. sword. It's that double-edged yeah. sword where, like, I, I love sex, like, with sex workers who do put on the persona, I, I can see who they are, because, yeah. like, sometimes I'll end up in a conversation with them, and it's, like, you can see the difference, 
And yeah. you also realize like they'll talk differently to you if you're another sex worker versus a, a possible client. Absolutely. Um, touch on that? Cause I see, I see something light up. You just were like, okay, <laughs> talk on it, talk on it. No, absolutely. Um, it's, it's interesting because like when we're dealing with clients, we always got to put on like a sexy persona because like everyone's a potential, not everyone, but like most people, potential clients, you try to put on a sexy persona. I love engaging with other workers. I love being on their close friends list. I love being on their private Twitters. I love just like seeing the bits of themselves where I'm like, yes, they're really you. Like I want to be friends. I like, we're, cause at the end of the day, like we're people, we're people. And I just love seeing the bits of themselves that obviously they can't put online because people are invasive and mean and like fucked up but I love engaging that's not to say like everyone in the sex work community is safe um definitely vet the people you engage with and talk with like yeah like I love engaging and getting to know like the real parts of like the other workers in the communities mm -hmm. um do you do you, do you twitter like I, I love twitter I'm on twitter, I'm on twitter. Yeah, I, I love like um other full service workers on twitter it's hard because they make the most beautiful curated pages where it's like their companion pages like you can book them through twitter and i think about doing that all the time but i can't help but just like shit post <laughs> you just like a little gremlin online like i have to i have to shit post but yeah i i admire them and i love them yeah yeah i i think i'm following two i'm following two different types of service sex workers on twitter i'm yeah i'm doing their like sex worker only pages where they only allow other sex workers and it's nothing but shit posting and it's nothing but complaining and it's nothing but like the honest side of sex a non-twitter yeah non-twitter and then you have the curated absolutely beautiful gorgeous like i'm following primarily doms full service sex workers and um, queer. Like I'm following all the queer provi providers and queer um, sex workers that I can, doesn't matter yeah. what type they're doing, I'm following them all. Yeah. And, like I'm just, and I'm engaging with all types of sex workers on all levels. And it's just like seeing the expansiveness of just what's within sex work. I think people don't understand. Like no, online is just an itty bitty portion of what's actually out there. Yeah, you have um, people freebasing at bars on the weekend. Um, I think definitely like how we view sex and sexuality, especially the service of buying and selling sex, to be very rigid. I know before I was doing sex work, I was like low key using dudes for like rides and like, you know what I'm saying? Like doing like, you wanna take me out to like food or like do whatever? I'm not, I'm the thing is like when I'm having nuanced conversations with other sex workers I love to have discussions on like if hooters is sex work or if like that you know or if marriage is sex work like the dichotomies that put us in these um patriarchal things in the first place I don't really like having those conversations with civilians <laughs> they're not as nuanced and insightful um about that type of thing but um, yeah people do they just see online work and they think only fans is it oh only fans is new baby <laughs> like and if i'm being honest i was really kind of disappointed that only fans um got the popularity of it just because in my opinion avn stars is like it's been around longer it's more comprehensive it again 
it comes with stigma because it's adult video news stars where OnlyFans is like, I'm just OnlyFans, um, which is why I think it didn't blow up. But yeah, the way that we network and engage with each other is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's very, like, it can get perplexing at times too. Absolutely. And like, I know I'm still considered a newbie. I own that. Um, I've yeah. only been doing full-time sex work for two years. I did yeah. it part-time for five. Um, mm-hmm. I was new modeling for seven. And I yeah. I count new modeling as sex work. Yeah. And I know there are so many arguments that it's not. And I'm like. There are nude models that would be like, I consider this sex work. There are nude models that would be like, it is not sex work. And it's so, it's like, yeah. Like when I have these discussions with other sex workers, like I consider nude modeling sex work. You're being paid for, to be sex, like sexual and nude. Like, mm-hmm. um, but you know, just like older girls are sex workers and like, well, I think they are sex workers. They work in a sexual environment and they're selling a sexual fantasy and engagement with a customer. That's sex work. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, but then there are Hooter girls who would insist that they're not. I mean, there are. I would consider whole- Hooter. I would consider Hooters totally sex, sex work. Yeah. And there's this other business called Tilted Kilt on the Twin West Peaks. East Coast. Yeah. Twin Peaks. Um, the goth. Is that the goth? Hooters it might be it might be I know I know there's a goth Hooters and that's totally sex work and with the and with the new uniforms I'm seeing coming out for Hooters (laughs) they're wearing underwear (laughs) they are underwear and like how many dudes are debating with their girls that it's not because they're wearing underwear, babe. It's because of the pickle chips and wings. I want to go for the pickle chips and wings. It's okay, Kyle. They're sexy. They're hot. They want big, like bring some money and give them big tips. It is what it is. It's okay. But to me, it's just like, I mean, even there are strippers, we call it the hierarchy or like mm-hmm. how we separate ourselves. Like there are strippers that would be like, mm. yeah. it all just, mm. How we separate the elitism within sex work has always rubbed me the wrong way. Absolutely. And like, strangely enough, like when I was working as an RN, there was total elitism within RNs. I worked in the bowels because I was a psychiatric nurse. Mm -hmm. And then you had the NICU nurses, and I'm talking about neonatal and also the neuro intensive care units and the the pay scale between psych nurse and NICU is fifty dollars on average I'm screaming I'm throwing that out there because that's what they value they don't value psych no no they value neuro and baby babies like Yeah. When I saw the parallel in sex work with how online sex workers react to full service and full service react to online, and then you have strippers, and then you have those who work in brothels, those who don't. And I'm just sitting here like, yeah, I'm a a baby sex worker. I recognize this. I completely recognize this. I've been doing online for five years part-time, two years full-time. 
-hmm. And I, I recognize my position and I'm trying to learn mm -hmm. as much as I can. And I'm trying to be as informed because I know there are many people who started sex work and they're still very ignorant. And yeah, absolutely. Can you talk about that, about um, those who have engaged in OnlyFans and are doing the OnlyFans and the celebrities that are doing OnlyFans? Yeah, I mean, it really, it's like someone's pulling me by my pubic hair. <laughs> how aggravating it is. Oh I mean, because like, here's the thing, OnlyFans, you can be super successful if you have a ginormous large following. Because um, like, at the end of the day, once Kyle from Facebook doesn't see my tits after subbing for a month like you gotta you know keep hustling but the way that celebrities have again in the last two years glamorized this work can I just get a little bit from some like can Bella Thorne talk a little bit about decriminalization like can oh. they just just a little bit um I will say <laughs> Amber Rose um a couple years ago was very outspoken and very loud with the slut walk and um like sex worker rights and sex workers like human rights and stuff cardi b i would love to see the sex workers that were sex workers before fame and glamour just like do a little something say a little something not in someone's direction just to like like at the end of the day a lot of people agree that the sex industry shouldn't be criminalized that is like a common agreement now what it should be is um up in the air legalized nordic model ex decriminalized etc i think our, our celebrities especially with the way that they have glamorized and you know commandeered this shit, they have such an opportunity to open up dialogues and discussions but that's not important to them because it's the clout and the money um it really does it breaks my heart and it kills me i just i would love more from them um yeah it's like sock yeah yeah you once again gold you just give me gold um so okay where to start bella thorne yeah bella thorne loved her in paradise I loved her i loved her but pre pre that whole shit i was i was like ready to give a tit i was like anything to watch her succeed because i had followed what had, she's been through a lot uh, with disney and all of that and i respected her Mm -hmm. I see you and I respect you. I don't respect you no more. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I, I didn't follow her when she was on Disney. I followed her with Paradise City, with Andy Black, and with Cameron Boyce. Yeah. I'm Cameron. I'm a total Cameron Boyce stan. I, okay. Rest in peace, rest in peace Cameron Boyce. Um, I actually do a cosplay as him from Descendants. Um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, and like, but Bella Thorne broke my heart. And it killed me. She and then like, the people see that happen and they think it's easy money, easy, etc. But really, it's like Bella's got a huge following. Oh my god, and then like, the way that she didn't even really utilize it. Mm -hmm. Like, she kind of like, fucked up the platform and the platform had to like, like, people were claiming that she was scamming them. Mm -hmm. which people already have such a distrust towards sex workers we are already seen as distrust like people don't even want to send me a deposit for a session and fear that i'll steal it <laughs> like i don't know who needs to do this but i can't live off deposits baby <laughs> like, yeah. yeah um so so she really like she really boosted the narrative of like are they scammers is this easy money yeah. that ain't helping nobody yeah and like i remember amber rose 
with yeah. the walk. I'm planning on going to the next LA slut walk if I can afford it. <laughs> I love that. And um, I, at my own campus, when I was going to Penn State, there was um, a mile in their shoes. Yeah. Which was to raise sexual, like awareness of sexual assault for people. And it was a group of guys, like 300 guys in high heels walking five miles. I remember that. And I like, I was a part of that. I was very proud to be a part of that. Like I, I yeah. was with the group that was a part of that. And that just, it made my heart so warm. And then to see someone as influential as Amber Rose do the slut walk, promote mm. the slut walk. And she still does. She still promotes. Yeah. She's still like every year I see her on her Instagram post about it. I see her on her Facebook like saying this shouldn't be the way it is and it's like we need more of her how do we I need more, more. How exactly do we more especially like chris pratt um a lot of our favorite celebrities when fosta sesta and that human trafficking bill was going around like they were using our celebrities as like little um signal boosters and shit and like why why isn't chris pratt and these other celebrities pushing for decriminalization or the repeal of fosta sesta or because like what people don't understand is sex worker rights are human rights they're labor rights they're disability rights they're civil rights um lots of people who are marginalized get into this this work my guys i mean where are at the end of the day our protections and our rights and it's because we're not being thought about we they don't care um they don't see us they don't hear us yeah um i i have to i have to address chris pratt yeah I, I have to, and then I'll go with the rest of your statement, but I have to, like, the fact you even brought up his name just was like, oh, oh, God, oh, God, he's just cringe. He's, he's so cringe. cringe. He's I pure cringe. I, I literally, like, avoid watching things with him now because of him cringe, and I love um, Guardians of the Galaxy, because mm -hmm. Zoe Saldana, mm -hmm. and, um, Muscly guy, muscly guy. I can't think of his name. Muscly guy. Yeah, the yeah. muscly guy in it, and and the raccoon with um Bradley Cooper. Yeah, like, yeah. But Chris Pratt is such cringe. Such cringe. I cannot believe he's still getting hired for shit. I cannot believe we're still like I get it when he was kind of chubby and like you know what I mean like before that, but then he became like a powerlifting Christian fucking like mm -hmm. health health dude. I'm just like. And then like your statement and shit, like I don't know, bro. He he um him and other celebrities spent time pushing Sesta Fosta and really like boosting it and shit. And like I look back and I'm just like back in high school, um I I did not do sex work in high school. I did not even really um acknowledge sex work in high school. Um there are people who get into it very early. I'm very grateful that I was not one of those people. Um, but back in high school, there was a group called Exodus Cry, and I remember fighting. Yeah, Exodus Cry. <laughs> I was fighting with the, like, because, like, anti-porn was a big thing, and, like, with people in my high school and shit, mm -hmm. I would be fighting with them, because there's just, I'm not the brightest bulb, but there's just something about that that didn't seem super well intended, especially with the way it was taking down Tumblr and shit, mm -hmm. and now I'm 20, 25 plus years old, still battling exodus cry in a way that is affecting my life mm -hmm. 
that's goofy. That's weird. It's a weird circle to be on. I don't want to be on that circle anymore. Oh, no. I think a lot of us want to jump the, jump the tracks we're on just because of how society works. Yeah. And I mean, I, I saw this tweet and it was like, you know, we're picking gender and strip malls, <laughs> like for how shit should work and why. Yeah. And holy gotta sit for a sec with just everything you just said because it's you're amazing I thank you so glad to be having this conversation with you I'm just like taking it all in like I think we all need to just take a deep breath right now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it'd be crazy Thank you so much for this opportunity, though. It's my first podcast. I've never done one before. (laughs) I'm grateful to be your first, hopefully not your last. Um, Yeah, I hope not. You're working on a YouTube channel. I have one, too. Um, I probably should get back to that eventually. Um, It's so hard. It is. It's so hard. I know. I know. Um, Like, I'm planning to eventually add my podcast onto what I already have on that that's why I do the recordings the way I do them like we're doing Mm -hmm. right now but it's just Mm -hmm. like holy shit we're not quite done yet I'm not quite done with this conversation if you (laughs) keep going yes (laughs) I have till about I have another like 20 more minutes I have to go get my car from the mechanic (laughs) oh that's always fun that's always fun I know let's let's try to do 10 more minutes and then like and then flip it out so the last yeah. question, like, let's, let's go to my last questions then. Mm-hmm. Let's just, let's go there. Um, Cause you've given so much gold, so much information, so much, so many things you've humanized sex work so much. And I am Thank so you. grateful for you for that. I want to ask you, how do you live your life unapologetically? Um, very honestly, sometimes maybe too honestly. Um, I just try really hard to be myself. Um, that's actually a really good question. Damn. <laughs> Damn. How do I live my life authentically and unapologetically? I don't know. Um, I try to spend a lot of time cultivating. I guess, like cultivating me, my friends, um, not that my friends are here, but I don't, I know that like people um, around me talk about that I'm very intimate, I'm very open, I provide very comfortable environments, um, and I think that allows, giving access to that to them gives them access to that to me, um, I treat people how I want to be treated, even though that is not always how you should be treating people, because <laughs> it's not always the most generous, um, I just try to be myself. I think I'm also in a very unique position um, just with my lifestyle and the things that I do. Um, I'm not real, I don't really have a family. So I know a lot of people fear what their family thinks or what people will do. Um, Not here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that was a tricky question. I think you answered it beautifully. I think you answered it beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. And um, what advice would you give baby sex workers? Baby sex workers. <laughs> Your branding is very important. 
Um, and it's okay to switch branding, but you're going to watch other sex workers do things that you see work for them. And that's totally okay. Do what works for you. I, you got to walk a fine line of creating your own and cultivating your own branding and reality while um, knowing what's appropriate. And you're only going to typically know what's appropriate in an industry like this. Nobody's teaching us. We don't have managers um, is by watching other sex workers and engaging with other sex workers. I don't offer mentor services just because I'm tired, but some sex workers absolutely do offer mentor services. Um, if you're asking sex workers for advice, tip them, engage with them respectfully. Um, there's an etiquette to all of this. Um, recognize your privilege. I think that's something that's really brought me very far is recognizing in which ways this um, industry is almost built for me. I know that I could work under a legalization model. I could probably maybe strive, um, but I reject it because I know that still our most marginalized in our communities will still be left, left out of conversations and legislation. Um, this is way more political and nuanced and detailed than even I myself could have even begin to understand. And a lot of us only get into this work because we need a extra cash. We don't realize that we're actually diving into a pool of stigma and shame and nuanced discussion. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't want to tell them to be themselves always because that's not always. <laughs> Some of you be yourself. Some of you craft a persona. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just be aware. Um, get political, get active if you can, if you can unionize, if you can organize, if you can be out and be visible. It's a luxury and a privilege. I have, if you have it, do it. Um, hit up your representative, please, <laughs> about decriminalization or repealing FOSTA SESTA. Please. <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm on these I'm on my refer I'm emailing them every day I'm hitting up their Instagrams and their Twitters like my old Instagram I was tagging like AOC in my pictures and shit so when you go to their tagged pictures and on their pages I'm in their tagged I'm devious and fucked like I got too much time on my hands and everyone's got time on their hands go tweet at your senator go instagram at your senator like or your assemblyman or Rand paul apparently loves to hear from certain types of people so hit them up i love it i love it all right so to end this where can we find you Woo. okay <laughs> right because of the d plan um I have, a, I have like a little card. It's pama.card.co, but you can find me on Instagram at only pama. You can find me on Twitter at sucky the slut. Got a bunch of, <laughs> um, but yeah, Twitter, Instagram are mainly like my two. Um, and I started a YouTube channel. So <laughs> we're just trying. I think my next video is going to be on respectability politics please please do it please do it respectability it's like this idea that like as long as I'm stripping to get through school or I'm doing a certain type of sex work to better whatever um mm -hmm. people eat that up they'll be like good for you good for your brothel work into when like I don't need 
I don't need another job. I don't need to have a college degree. I don't, I could just be doing sex work to do sex work because it's a valid um, form of work <laughs> and I don't need to play respectability politics with it. So check out my YouTube for that type of shit. <laughs> yes, please do it. We need it. We need it. So thank you. Thank you, Blair. Thank you so much. I've had an amazing time. I can't thank you enough. Like seriously, this was amazing. This was thank absolutely you. amazing. Um, and I'm Dangerous Ginger, otherwise known as DG, and this was the Unapologetic Podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Whoa, what an absolutely amazing interview, wasn't it? I had such a blast talking to Pama Blair Banson. She was absolutely amazing, and she had so many great points. Let's talk about them. The takeaways from this episode are one, sex work is real work. It provides an opportunity for those who do not always get the opportunity to work and to also experience sexual and emotional pleasure. Number two, sex work is a place for those who are disabled not only to receive sexual pleasure and emotional connection, but it is also a place for those who are disabled to be able to work and make money and succeed. Number three, sex work is not sex trafficking. And with the further decriminalization of sex work, sex trafficking can become more prominent because those who are being trafficked do not have the same rights as somebody who is not a sex worker. They are viewed as someone who is less than or less of because any sex work in this environment is seen as illegal and negative and sex workers are highly, highly criminalized for doing a basic service. Number five, sex work is a place where there is so much risk, but the reward can be extraordinary at the same time. It is a just a job like any other job. If someone is having a bad day as a sex worker, it doesn't mean that sex work is bad. It is the oldest career in the world and it's seen so negatively even though it's the oldest profession in the world. Number six, sex work is a place where we need civilian support because whatever is happening to us will happen to you. The fact that it, credit card companies and all these websites are taking down sex workers and there is so much digital discrimination against sex workers just proves that the government is trying to take control over civilians and they're going to do it through sex workers because we're always the experiment. Number six, ACAB. All cops are bastards. Yes, Pama made a great point about saying they are people in their everyday life. They are people when they're not at work. And there are too few good apples within the community of police for there to be any safety involved with police. Yes, some sex wor workers will work with police officers, but many will not because the risk is too high. 
there are many police officers who will hire sex workers. Fuck them. Use their services and then arrest them for doing their job. So, I repeat, ACAP, all cops are bastards. And my last point, number seven, I want to make is sex work is real fucking work. It is a job like any other. We're allowed to love it. We can do it for survival. We can do it because we want to do it. It can be empowering, but it doesn't have to be. Have to be. It is a job for fuck's sake. And it's been in existence longer than the patriarchal system we currently live in. And the best way you can help sex workers is by paying them, reaching out to your representatives, and contacting people to make it clear that you want to decriminalize, not legalize, sex work. Decriminalization over legalization. Sex workers don't need rescue, they need rights. Sex workers don't need saving, they need you to be spending. They need you to be boosting their voices, and they need you to stop jerking with your left and pointing with your right. Sex workers are humans first. I am a sex worker myself. I offer sex working mentoring sessions to help you get introduced to sex work and to provide you a way to become involved in the community in a respectful manner. That is the biggest thing, is you need to be respectful when you are approaching a sex worker. As a client, as a baby sex worker, you need to be respectful. Period. We're humans first. So thank you so very much, Palma. And, and I cannot tell you how grateful I am I had this conversation today. Please let me know your takeaways in the comments. Leave a review. I really love hearing from you. Anything you want to tell me, you can DM me on Instagram. You can reach out to me on my website, dangerousginger.com. I'm also a sex coach. I am currently offering 15 free 30-minute exploration calls to see if you fit into any of my coaching programs, and I can help improve your sex life. I can help you get into sex work. I can help you be involved in this community. I can help you improve your life through sex and live unapologetically, and I am so grateful for you, and I can't believe we are on episode number six. And I am so glad you listened to the end. And I also want to add at the end of this, with all my gratitude, I would not be doing this without you. So please rate, review this, um, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Twitter. All my information will be down below. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day or night or morning wherever you're at and I love you guys and have a wonderful wonderful day.